Welcome, Revelers. This is RBL, right versus left. The left is evil. As always, I'm Rob B. And with me, as always, is... Bradley. And talking about some of the things the left is doing uh, from a normal every guy, everyday guy's perspective. Because we think it's important that everybody know that the left is evil. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
and then like I'll dig into the meat of them. Like inflation's obviously the big one. And like I kind of expounded on inflation and then there's a lot more in the inflation than that. Like the, the they are taking some actions that are temp- temporarily staving off inflation. Um, but since they're staving it off and it's still horrible, like it's going to get worse. So latest news on the economy, stage. U.S. news. All right. So like, and, and that and that's kind of like my my strength on all this stuff. Like, um, and the, and that's kind of like the point of the podcast. Like, a lot of times these people they're talking about stuff that everybody knows, but they don't really know what it means. Uh huh. And like. Like and then the, the the real gist, like when inflation stops, there's not gonna be deflation. The prices aren't gonna come back down. They'll just slow down how fast they're going up. Well, and then the Fed has to raise the rates significantly. Uh it's uh it's yeah, they're they're even if they do a full percentage point, it's still not gonna do anything. Right. Like they're they're gonna have to knock it up uh, quite a bit, and it's gonna get even worse, especially with this uh, railroad strike coming up. Right. So with uh, with Volker, um, uh, when Volker was the Fed chair under Reagan, and they had to uh, tamp down the great inflation, like he was doing like point one point five interest rate increases so um i like ben shapiro actually had a great analogy for that Mm -hmm. like um you know the economy was careening for a cliff and they should have been breaking like five miles ago but now they're 50 feet from the cliff and they're trying to tap the brakes right like the car's gonna fly off the cliff you don't have time to break anymore and like there's really not much they can do um to really stop the pain that's already been created which is very sad but it's a reality like the pain that people are feeling um so i i was ta- i was talking about under the average president it's one maybe two percent so during a normal eight-year president you're talking about eight percent compounded of course so it's actually closer to 10 percent over okay. eight years right and we already like we like i mentioned like under biden we're at a compounded 16 percent in just two years and if we get another eight percent next year that's going to be eight percent from that already increased 116 percent when we should be paying close to 103 percent of what we were originally paying so something that should have costed a dollar three and is costing a dollar sixteen, next year is going to cost a dollar twenty-five instead of the dollar three we should be paying. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the long and drawn out um, damage that's being done right now is insane. Um, but of course, you know, with my opinion that the left is evil, I think it's intentional. So, um, it's undeniable to me that they're communists. Um, 
And we actually, we were talking about it when we talked about the BLM and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the calm intern and how um, they couldn't institute socialism here because we have a middle class. And the middle class was, for the most part, happy. And so they couldn't get them to give, you can't get half the country to give up all their stuff. But if you can get rid of the middle class, then you end up with three quarters of the population don't have anything. And of course, then you got three quarters of the people wanting to take away from one quarter or less, probably more like 90% wanting to take away from 10%. And then there's no one to stop you. You get what I'm saying? So, like, I'm actually of the opinion that it's part of a multi-prong intentional sabotaging of the economy and the country. Like, I think it's perfectly well, it's a massive transition of wealth. Well, I mean, it's so it's not even it's not even about the wealth. So they're talking a lot about like getting rid of zoning, for example. That zoning is racist. Right? Mm. I mean, they've been talking this forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, so they're so they're talking about um just building multifamily homes in the middle of single-family neighborhoods because they don't like single-family neighborhoods. Right. That's personal success and that's personal happiness and that's like that's like the dream for American people is to be able to buy their own house. Mm-hmm. You're with me? So, mm-hmm. like, they want to get rid of that because that's the middle-class dream. It's a middle-class accomplishment. And when everybody's poor and nobody can afford houses... Well, now they're not going to be prevented by law from building block housing and projects in the middle of middle class neighborhoods. Right. So then as they start doing these programs and they're coming, I mean, that's part of the reason they're all letting the, the homelessness problem get out of control. It's all towards this goal of ushering in communism and socialism or Nazism, which is actually it seems more like what they're going for Mm -hmm. Um, because they're still very nationalist in what they're trying to do. They're trying to get control over everything and that's nationalized socialism. So that's Nazism right there. Um, And, you know, uh, Benito Mussolini, he's the one that like basically created fascism. It was his fascist party was the first fascist government uh, when they took over in Italy and no, cool. Um, so he defined it as the government is in control of all aspects of human life. So obviously that's not a conservative principle. So I hate that they try and say that like fascism is extreme right and Nazism is extreme right because both of those are complete government control, which is the antithesis of what the conservative conservative philosophy is. Uh, the right leaning philosophy has nothing to do with government controlling anything uh to me extreme right is anarchy like that's what you get when you go all the way right they don't want a government at all libertarians are way over to the right and while socially 
um, they don't agree with some of the more mainstream conservatives. It's because they just don't think the government has any business in it. As long as I'm an adult and everybody involved in my life is an adult, you don't have any business saying what I can and can't do in my life. Right? So, I mean, so that's, you know, that's further right than the mainstream conservatives. So the idea that we're going to leap all the way to nationalized control is ridiculous. But we've always had a strong economy. The middle class does well. So if they want to implement this, they're working on breaking down the social structures, but they're also intentionally crippling the economy. So the first aspect is artificially inflating the currency. Um, They've given people tons and tons and tons of money to get them out of the workforce. So our workforce participation rate is still lower than it was before the pandemic. So we're looking at what? going on four years later and we're not even back to the employment levels that we were then and our population has grown well if we include the illegal immigrants our population has grown by 10 million people and yet we have 2 million or 3 million less no 9 million less jobs right 9 9 million yet less people working right so the, the workforce participation rate is starting to tick up but it's not another, near it, where it was before we shut down. Well, it's it's starting to tick up, but it's still way down. Like it's down below our workforce. But that's going to come to an end too, because now instead of spending the money giving it to people, they're now spending it on their green wish list, which is actually to give them more control. Like okay, you got to get to electric cars so we can shut them off with a switch. You got to get to an energy efficient home with an electronic thermostat so we can shut it off with a switch. Right. You following me? Like Digital currency. Central bank digital currency. Yeah, and and that's like, again, that's really scary because they can literally... Just shut down the whole blockchain and all your money's gone. Like, I will never yeah. put my money in a government controlled cryptocurrency ever. I own. Oh, I own a little bit too. So, do you know anything about that? Should I even talk about that? <laughs> what? Uh, the, the Ethereum merge that's coming up that's kind of going to revolutionize uh, Bitcoin, or well, not Bitcoin, but cryptocurrency again. And it'll probably be the death nail for Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. So um, uh, we should probably do a separate show for that. <laughs> but yeah, so all of it's about all of it's about control, like every last bit of it, including the inflation, because it doesn't hurt them if things cost more. They're not on the same economic level as the people people that the high and mighty socialist wants to rule over. And it's all part of the same mentality that's always been in place with this same party. The Democrats were always like pro-slavery and then they were, well, some people are still better than others. So they wanted to deny rights to them. Um, They had the Chinese Exclusion Act, like all of this stuff. They always feel that some people are better than other people. And it like, even in their so, so-called equity speech, it comes out because while they're preaching for equity, 
they're saying we have to give to minorities because minorities can't do it on them on their own. Now they blame it on a racist country, but I'm sorry when you got one of the richest people in the world is Oprah Winfrey, a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much every professional sport is populated by millionaire black people that all white people cheer for every freaking Sunday, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and then you've got Obama, you've got heads of business. Um, I mean, like Herman Cain was a good example. Like nothing stops black people from achieving what they want except for themselves. Mm-hmm. But if you just, and it's the same way with white people. Well, I mean, yes, it is, but I'm just saying that that's their focus. But what they're really no, I know. is they're just trying to keep as much of the population held down as possible. So, and another thing that kind of like, now granted, it's tough when you have multiple kids, too many kids in a family when you're low income. Uh, but as the family comes up, like when you do have kids, as you get older, instead of being an impoverished old people, then you have a support system around you. And you become less dependent on handouts. And we've destroyed that whole family base. They've spent 60 years getting people to, like, slaughter their own children for it. And it's all economic. Like, uh, economics needs a new generation to continually grow. And if it wasn't for illegal immigration, our population would probably be declining, just like they are in most European countries. Right. So, I mean, Russia is a great example. Um, But Russia also has the... Uh, brain drain going on so all this like kind of like feeds into like the um, lighting fire to the US economy so and all they really want is to get they want to win an election where they have a big enough margin that they can get rid of the filibuster that they can pack the Supreme Court and literally do whatever they want with no challenge Um, and they're trying to use economics to do it um, like the news organizations are all kind of complicit in it, although I'm seeing CNN kind of pulling back a little bit, but not much. So, but I mean, they're still not going full onto it. Um, none of these people are calling out like cringe and Jean-Pierre saying that inflation is moderating. They did not call that out in the middle of the press conference. Um, inflation's higher. Like it was 8 pin one last month, it's 8.3 this month. Last year, last month, the month over month was flat. This month, it's uh, 0.6, uh, 0.6%. Like in every measure of the word, inflation is hot. That's why the stock market, while Biden's celebrating his uh, falsely named Inflation Reduction Act, like the split screen on all the news channels was of the stock market tanking by 1,200 points on the Dow. But it's still a genuine celebration for them because it's really what they want. The worse the economy becomes, the more dependent people will be on the government, Uh the more money they can spend, the more the currency inflates, the less money people have, people that work will have less, and eventually they'll need help from the government. And the more people they can get on the seat of the government, then they're not going to go to, eventually when it's really bad, the Republicans, their only pitch is going to be, we've got to cut all this crap. It's going to be really painful for everybody. And by the time you get to the point where that's what you have to do is cut everything and people are just going to have to suffer through it, well, then nobody's going to vote for a Republican and they can keep going. And that's if they're still holding elections by that point. 
Like if they're even like going through the motions of pretending that they are a democratic republic here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they continue to like, so they're also continuing to exert pressure on the free market. Um, they're pumping a bunch of money into um, the processors. All that's going to do, a bunch of it's going to get scammed out. And then there's also going to be the, like, um, the huge inflation in price because government money is being dumped into it. Like, even though those are all, like, front-end expenses that the government's going to carry, and yet we're still going to be paying higher prices because it's something the government's pumping money into. Because You're talking about the more they pump money into the system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and that's okay. what they want. They're, they want to set fire to the economy so that we're dependent on the government. Which doesn't make right. any sense because how is the government going to get money from us if we're dependent on the government? Ah, uh, 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 and that's where it all starts to collapse. And so that's where, and that's where the, the government starts, like, leaning deeper and deeper into the... Um, into the nationalization of industries, it's not because the industries are doing bad, it's because they want 100% of the revenues from those industries. But of course, the government doesn't do anything efficiently, so every industry that they touch gets worse. Right. I mean... Look at the healthcare system. Exactly, oh my God. Ain't Ain't nothing good about the VA. Yeah, well, and then, okay, so... Now they do they do need to do some reforming in the laws um, regarding uh, pharma, but they're focusing on the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, they need to stop like it. They change one molecule of a medicine, call it a new medicine, and repatent it, and then give doctors bonuses for signing up the new version when there's no substantial difference in the results that they're getting from the modified medication. So, so this is, so this is the actual pharmaceutical trap. Okay. They do have a right to charge whatever they need to charge to recover their research costs. Right. That's the reason that that's, and then they can maintain those costs as long as they need to and market pressures don't hit them. Um, when eventually a drug gets a generic, it's because they're past that exclusivity that they get from doing the original research. And I'm okay with them being able to charge those costs. But like, for example, um, yeah, but when know, they start it, gouging to make well, profit it, okay, on so top it's of not, those it's costs. not, it's not gouging. Okay. So that's, that's completely ridiculous. That's actually a Democrat talking point. That's actually like just total crap. Um, it's not gouging the first time around. Ooh, this dog is going to get creamed. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, so resume. I need to edit that out. Um, so, or it might be funny if I leave it in unedited. Hilarious. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, so we'll go ahead and resume here. Um, so, if you spend a billion dollars developing... A medication right and your cost in producing the medication once you figure out 
the formula is ten dollars each, right? Mm -hmm. So you still need to, if you were to double it and make ten dollars profit, you need to sell a hundred million pills in order to, well, well, a hundred million bottles, because like a good price for a price uh, bottle would be like twenty bucks, right? You would need yeah. to sell a hundred million, right? But if a hundred million is a full usage of the people that are actually affected by it over the course of 50 years, and you only have 10 years of exclusivity, you can't just charge a $10 profit. And that's how we get such high prices after they finish researching the drug is because they only have 10 years. Okay. And they expect that the, um, they're going to make, or like a full course is going to give them a thousand profit, you know, a full year's course, we'll say, we'll give them a thousand profit. Even if that only costs them $10 to produce, if they're going to get a thousand dollars profit on it, then they bury like it's becomes really, really simple mathematics that they have to, um, charge way more to get it inside of 10 years. Okay, so here's my question. Do these medical companies not get... Hold on, I lost you there. Say that again. Do these companies not get, like, incentives from the government? No, most of the medical research is financed by the pharmaceuticals companies themselves. Most of that research is done. Now, the original mRNA research... That was done early on, but when it came to actually developing this vaccine, they got a little bit of money for the government, but it didn't compare to what they were actually putting into it. Does that make sense? Like to to rapidly develop the vaccine costs a hundred billion. The government gave them twenty billion. Yeah, that got them jump started, but it still wasn't everything. You know what right. I mean? And it would have been two hundred billion if they hadn't already developed the mRNA process. You get what I'm saying? Although I, I don't like calling them a vaccine because they're really gene therapy that helps your body's immune system to a degree. But now we're now we're actually finding out that it uh, diminishes your immune system. If you get too many doses long-term, that is what the data is starting to look like. But that's... That so it's the, it's the the downside of any medication. And it's why I've always said, I, I've been of the opinion since the very beginning of the pandemic, not everybody needed it. This That's a completely different topic. Not everybody needed it. Like, but the most endangered people, their risks were higher of not getting it than they were if they got it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like certain demographics, like 70% of the people were being permanently disabled or killed by COVID and it was specific demographics. So they mm -hmm. definitely should have been taking it. Like, but the mass rollout, that was like one giant experiment. Anyways, but so the COVID was kind of drugs, but I'm talking about just like every average drug, you know what I mean? Um, that's that and that's where it comes now what the what's dirty that they're doing now 
is we'll say they make a drug and it has molecules of six different chemicals in it, right? Mm-hmm. So when they get near the end of the life of their patent, they'll add another molecule that's inert. It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't substantively change um, the effectiveness of the medication, but it makes it a new chemical formula. So they patent that chemical formula. And before the generics start hitting the market on their old medication, they start pumping the market with the new medication, basically take the old medication offline because now this is what you use to treat that disease. Kill the demand for the old ones so and incentivize doctors to do the new one so they can keep charging the $1,000 of pill even though they're new. Oh, that's not really new. The, the new medication had like $20,000 in development because all they had to do was figure out how to bond a new molecule so that's where they're playing dirty. Well, yeah, because the federal government influences the amount of private spending on research and development. Yeah, so it, so it's like if I figure out a great way to purify water and I get an exclusive permit to uh, sell my special purified water, right? Mm-hmm. And in ten years, they'll be able to they'll be able to, other people will be able to copy it. So at year nine. I say, the old one doesn't work anymore. It's got resistance. Here's a new formulation. This is what works now. But all I did was add red food coloring. Right. And then when that gets to nine years, oh, well, that one doesn't work anymore. The disease got resistance to it. Here's the new one. Well, it's still the original one, but this time it's got green food coloring. They've long since recouped their costs. And they're charging a fortune when they don't need to anymore. So it's got the government does the same scam, and that's why they don't come down on it. You know where the government runs the same scam? Medicare roads. Oh, toll roads. Toll roads. Oh yeah. So the toll is supposed to last until the road is paid for, but once it's up, they never take down the tolls. Why? Because they always make sure that they have a bloated, overpriced project going on. 50% of it go, gets kicked back to the administration that oversees them as an administrative cost. The other 50% goes to actually working on the road. Meanwhile, you're paying the toll for the rest of your life. Right. You with me? Yep. And roads always need maintained. And even though like, they always do a horrible job maintaining them, they're going to keep charging you in the name of maintaining or improving the road. That makes me wonder something, though, because... Okay, you know Astoria, Oregon, right? Right. They actually stopped charging from the bridge. Yeah, because it paid it paid for itself. Yeah, that's how every toll road is supposed to be. Right. But unfortunately, it's not. To see, there right, in, As- okay, there in okay, Astoria, okay. they didn't have they didn't have to keep uh, coming right, up with new ways to improve the bridge. I guess there's not really anything they can do to the bridge. They built the right. bridge the last fifty years or 100 years or whatever, and they're not going to need to touch that thing for probably 150 years. Right. So there's really no re- no way, no out for them to go and do that. And since it's on an interstate, like the actual like painting and pothole filling and all that is actually going to be covered by uh, federal, federal road funds anyway. 
Right. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, but I mean, it's it's kind of the same idea uh, the, with the toll roads and the, what the far ph- what the pharmaceutical companies right. do. No, I know you were just giving one yeah. example. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, it's the it's the same it's the same principle, and the government does it, the pharmaceutical industries do it, and how do they get away with it? Well, because Democrats are great at keeping the government involved in all kinds of stuff, and while they sit there and rail uh, against the pharmaceutical industry as a whole, they're sitting there taking tons of money from the pharmaceutical industry every election to keep their jobs. And then putting more regulations on the pharmaceutical industry. Ah, but most of the regulations are the regulations that the pharmaceutical industries want. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and like, I mean, you you like even the insulin. Well, look how ridiculous we are. We already know that a ketogenic diet will almost get rid of the need for insulin. And that would be much cheaper than somebody paying insulin. Yet they aren't telling people, hey, go to a keto diet. It'll be healthier for you and you won't need insulin as much anymore. Uh-huh. But well, we've all, we also know they're... that it doesn't cost that much to make insulin. Right. But they keep doing the same thing. They adjust the formula. They keep it cranked up. And they, right. keep the, so they keep the supply short because nobody's really making insulin and they won't share the formula. Right. And it's it's actually very... So it's very hard to get to generating insulin. Very hard. So otherwise, everybody would just make insulin. Now there's actually a cool project going on that uh, uh, I saw a story about where it's open source insulin. So it's a bunch of scientists around the world are trying to create insulin. And the idea is that when they get the formula, it's going to be open source. So they're collecting the funding as they're developing it and they're getting really close, but they're not there yet. And then the idea is once they get the formula, they're going to contract with different companies to make it at just a normal 100% markup, which is it's normal across retail because that's how the entire supply chain makes money. The manufacturer has 100% markup. The distributor has 100% markup. And then the retailer has 100% markup. Well, there's so also I, development grants and shit. Right, right. But, the, but again, these politicians aren't trying to get the stuff, the, the cost of the stuff down because they're getting paid by the pharmaceutical companies through campaign donations and all of that. Right. So they make, they pay lip service to it. They pass legislation saying oh we're gonna make you like charge this price for it so guess what they do they stop making it it becomes more rare and the price goes up right yeah because they have no incentive to continue making it because exactly they're so dan bongino puts it in a really but that's but that's because there's a monopoly on the the insulin production in the world and so they they don't have to be concerned about the needs of the customer right. to maintain ins- their business. That's why just, monopolies are bad. <laughs> insulin is just one one aspect of it. So like Dan Bongino puts it like this, okay? So if everybody wants to have a Corvette, right? And mm-hmm. the government says everyone should be able to have a Corvette and they need to make them affordable. So instead of 
GM charging $60,000 for a $60,000 Corvette. The government says, no, you got to make these Corvettes and you can only charge $30,000. They can't make a Corvette without making it a certain price and then charging a certain amount, right? Right. So what so happens? They start they start making thirty thousand dollar or twenty thousand dollar Corvettes and selling them for thirty thousand dollars. And nobody wants a shitty Corvette on a fucking Pontiac fucking. Uh, uh, no, the, the the reality of what would happen is the company. So just people, goes, the company they would, would stop. Go, they would that, stop making them. Yeah, the the company would go. That's not profitable. We'll go out of business if we do that. So we're not doing it. And they stop manufacturing them all together. They close that factory. And so now, not only do we have the Corvettes, that everybody that was employed making Corvettes and the parts for the Corvettes and the electronics for the Corvettes and the upholstery for the Corvettes, all those people are now out of a job. Right. Government intervention at its finest. So, but but the the problem is the the but that's not the problem with the insulin. It, the problem with the insulin is the process to make insulin is a closely guarded secret and they're not giving it up. So they have a, have a monopoly on it so they can charge whatever they want. Right. And people need it. Yep. I mean, I guess they don't need it. it no, they, I mean, like, well, I mean, the other one is, you know, a life stream diet. They switch to a ketogenic diet where right. they no longer have blood glucose um, there is the occasional side effect for the people that, uh, I forget the name of the thing, but, uh, they end up developing the side effect when they go on the keto diet long enough and then they come off the keto diet. Uh, their body no longer makes blood sugar out of it. It actually ferments it. It makes alcohol on it. And then they're basically walking around drunk all the time. It's a weird thing, uh, <laughs> but it's the occasional result of coming off the keto diet, but even still, body's not making blood sugar you'd still be better off than dying from insulin but then you end up with all the health problems that come along with being an alcohol so like yeah it's crazy um anyway so yeah so like that's what so that's what's driving up the price there um and what's and but in general what what's driving up the price is actually unscrupulous unscrupulous pharmaceutical companies politicians and bureaucrats that are in the pharmaceutical companies back pockets not calling bull and um they're uh that they're not changing the formulas consequentially but they're doing everything anti-competitive so every time a company comes out with a medication that actually works and is the best on the market they now have a monopoly that's guaranteed for set amount of time and they're using actual monopoly monopolistic tactics to make sure that they never have competition because they always destroy the market for the old drug before or once they get the new drug approved so yep so that was that so the 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 pressure's there i mean the the pharmaceutical companies are are predatory but it's not all pharmaceutical companies. Most pharmaceutical companies are little companies. They do tons of fundraising. They maybe go public because they think they're close to, uh, and then when they finally get approval on something, then they, you know, they charge what they need to charge to get their money back. And then when it does come time for generics, 
you think they are making generics? You're damn right they're making generics. They're going to be making generics and the name brand both. So when people are willing to pay more for it, they're still going to sell them more. When they're willing, when they want the generics, they'll sell them the generics so they can get both into the market. And that's how a good, like, honest pharmaceutical company goes. But that's not how most of them go. And the bigger pharmaceutical companies like Procter and Gamble and Johnson and Johnson, they all have a bunch of uh, pocket politicians. So they don't even bother with any of that. You follow me on that? Mm-hmm. So basically, the, the government that we're paying yeah. is creating a monopoly in the Absolutely. pharmaceutical. Even though they say that we took on big pharma. Yeah, they didn't take on anything. Like, no, you, you, you took you took on the funds that big pharma is making. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they probably they probably specifically targeted drugs that were made by companies that didn't donate. Right. So, and then they'll be like, you know, they a people needs a thousand dollar medication and a fifty dollar medication, and they target the the fifty dollar medication and left the thousand dollar medication alone. But we lowered the price of that medicine. Right. I haven't heard any. And since we lowered the price of that medicine, they decided that they were going to not make the medicine anymore because it would cost them too much. Is that a national defense act to uh, uh, force the insulin producing companies to cough up the formula so other companies can make it? If insulin shortage is that bad of a problem, just do that. Biden could do that if he really wanted to help people with their insulin. He has no. I mean, he doesn't want anybody to. with insulin. So anyway, so and then the, and then on the other end of the um, the other end of the the spectrum, what we're going to have on the flip side, um, well, now we're gonna we're gonna keep getting more and more shortages. So right now there's a huge overstock of. Uh, materials, right? Like all these stores are announcing that they're having to mark down tons and tons of inventory to move it out because they have to constantly turn their inventory so they can get bigger, better, best in whatever, maintain their profit margins. Okay. So, but people aren't buying anything. Like the majority of the population, like 70% of people have no discretionary spending anymore. All their money is going on uh, housing, food, energy, and I couldn't hear any of that. That was weird. Where did it cut off? Uh, you started talking about the supply chain. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I'll have to look at this when I go to edit. Um, so, the supply chain. Um, you were talking about people were spending, they're spending money on housing, food, and energy. Discretionary, discretionary, they don't have discretionary income to spend on stuff that they don't actually need. So, uh, like, the the retailers are marking down to try and get rid of that stuff, and they will move some of it, but their orders are going to be smaller, so the manufacturers are going to be trans- transporting as much because the orders are smaller, so then... Uh, Are going to be much inventory out of the warehouse, they don't need as many warehouse hands. 
and then the retailers are going to be cutting off because they're selling. But then you have all these other like jobs that are going to be lost in the economy, and then that's even more people that aren't going to be buying. But when it gets to that point and you start actually seeing the unemployment number, the job participation rate is going to be growing at twice the rate of uh, the unemployment rate. Um, more people have jobs or don't have jobs and they're showing up because they're applying for unemployment benefits and that's how they count the unemployment rate, which is stupid because anybody who collected all during COVID and never went back to work, they'll never show as unemployed even if they're actually looking for work. Um, but they will be captured in the, the workforce participation mark uh, as people that weren't employed go back to the workforce if they're able to actually find jobs. But they'll never actually be captured. So while we're showing like a 3.4% uh, or 3.5% or something like that, we're, we've got a 3 point something percent unemployment rate. Um, now that the job participation rate's going out, up, that means that people that weren't working are starting to come back into the market, but they're not getting jobs. So while while the the tracking data says it's 3.5%, it's probably actually closer to 7% because now you have that 3.5% that didn't try looking for a job before, but they are now. Why? Because now their wife's on unemployment or their husband's on unemployment because he just got laid off. Now they need to get a job to help pay the bills. And they're like back in the marketplace, but because they already collected all their unemployment, they can't file for unemployment. So they're not being captured as unemployed. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. So as so it's like if you kind of follow all these economic indicators, the actual reality is way beyond what they're actually tracking. And if you think about it, that's how the economy actually feels right now. So they can point to this rosy like, oh, well, the three point five. Yeah, the, the workforce participation rate's climbing and the unemployment rate's going up. That tells you there was a lot of people that should have been working not in the workforce. And now some of those people are getting jobs while other people are getting laid off and they're ending up on the unemployment rolls. So, I mean, some of that's going to be people like, I mean have really good skills and it's going to be nice to have them back in the workforce, but they're all also going to have what two, three years of rustiness and not really good at their job anymore. So I don't see that it's an upgrade. Productivity is at the all time low in the U S too. So that's another aspect of it uh, because as less is produced, the companies still have to pay the same number of bills. They're still paying the same salaries because they're not producing as much. And so they have to raise the prices to compensate for the higher cost per unit. So that's going to pressure the prices up even more. So like, so like, I mean, our government, like, just like the border problems, like our government is like literally just ignoring like this massive headwind of problems that we have in our economy. They're just completely ignoring it. They pretend that it doesn't exist. So it's going to keep getting worse. Right. You, you, you follow me on that? Like, I know the economy is complicated. A lot of stuff works into it. And you don't really think about, like... Well, like here's even, the thing. Yeah. Here's here, another... Go ahead. Here's another thing, though. It's looking like this uh, railroad thing. Uh, strike is inevitable. Amtrak has already canceled a bunch of freaking uh, uh, long trips. 
Now, if the freight gets backed up for that, we don't have the truckers to make up for the railways that are going to be screwed up. Right, and a lot of there's that's there's a lot of stuff that is transferred through our railway system. Yeah, and a lot, and a lot of the, and well, and the shortage of the uh, truckers, a lot of that was created also by uh, Democrat policies. Yes, especially in California. Yeah, well, like I mean, all over the place, like they keep pushing higher and higher standards on these trucks. A gasoline engine is not going to work. There isn't a viable electric, electric or hydrogen fuel cell option that's going to give them lower carbon uh, or better gas mileage. So there's not an option. There's no hybrid diesel. <laughs> right. No, there there won't be, and this, that's the problem. That's the problem. So, the, so, so people don't realize these trucks most owner operators they're even the big trunking companies like 70 percent of their workforce is contracted out right through owner operators and now they're trying to nix owner operators in california uh-huh you have to be on you have to be uh classified as an employee for the company that's contracting you out to ship their stuff right right which doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, that's just yeah, that's just going to mess up the workforce and cause problems with right. the the whole uh, supply chain. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's just another pressure point that's going to be like put on the uh, the cost of things. Um. And it's going to continue to, uh, like, it, it's just everything they're doing is going to make everything worse. Like, that's the bottom line. Um, but again, my opinion is that the left is evil. And that since the left is in control of everything except the Supreme Court, I think they're doing it on purpose. Oh, there's no doubt that they're doing it on purpose. This is exactly what they wanted. And I, I think this is what Trump wanted to show the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But he wasn't. And there's a lot of people. There's a what? Just the other, just the other month, there was a million Democrats that switched over to yeah. the Republican slash conservative side. Well, I mean, look, I think, Myra yeah. Flores just won a historically Democrat uh, district in Southern Texas, Texas. Yeah. And then like because that's... of that. Now you've got the Democrats showing their true racist side by putting her down for not being an American. Yeah, funny how that works. They like immigrants until they're a Republican. Yeah. Or until they're, they become a border town when they, they never were a border town. Right. Like what you have in Chicago and D.C. and New York. Well, I mean, that's that's the that's like just the way the Democrats work. Like, it's good for you, but it's not for me to fund the police by giving my private security, which we're paying for. Right. And they're you unapologetic know? about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, skyrocketing crime rates don't concern them because they have armed guards. Taking away your guns doesn't affect them because their security guards are still able to get guns. Right. Like. But that, I mean, that's although the crime actually is is affecting inflation as well, because as crime continues to get bad, 
Like if a company has a hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory and they spent fifty thousand dollars on it to stay in operation, they still have to sell it for that hundred thousand. So if twenty thousand of it gets stolen, they have to raise the prices on the other eighty thousand dollars worth of stuff to make it worth a hundred thousand. Otherwise, they're not going to have money to pay their people and buy the next round of merchandise to sell. Mm-hmm. That's why in a lot of these areas, they're just closing the stores. Oh, wait, closing the stores, that's going to cost the consumers more, too, because now they have to transport themselves further or pay for deliveries from the spot that's further away. Mm-hmm. And who's going to want to deliver to a, a crime-ridden town? I'm doing it right now. Oh, that's yeah? Is the, is the crime really high there? Houston? Yeah, it's getting pretty bad. Like that area where you're at right now? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Are, are you open carrying right now? Uh, no, I use concealed carry. But yes, so, I carry. I always, so you have a weapon on you? Yeah, always. I always have my Glock. Although I'm getting ready to uh, switch over. Like, I, I've been looking at a couple different guns. <laughs> so, but yeah, right now I'm carrying my Glock. I always have a weapon on me. Like, Houston's so bad, they're like, like shooting Uber and Lyft drivers to steal their phones. Just to steal their phones? Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So Give like, me your phone. I don't want your car. Give me your phone. What? <laughs> your phone's exactly. worth more than your car. Yeah, and they, they, they literally, like, they uh, create fake accounts. Ah. And then, like, request a ride. You get there, they hop in, you shoot the driver in the back of the head. <laughs> And take their stuff. And if they find the person, which is hard for them to find because we're getting less and less police, then they can't keep them in jail. So they just go out and do it again the next day after they get let out of jail. That's ridiculous. But that doesn't impact the inflation because, you know, Uber doesn't care about their drivers and they don't have any insurance on them and it doesn't cost them anything. (laughs) That's the reality on that. It's a, a scary and sad reality, but that's the reality. So, um, but yeah, crime's definitely going to continue to push up as well. Looks like I got my freaking computer to speed up, finally. Okay. Yeah, my my laptop. I just, they had to do a bunch of updates, I guess, so... I need to do, like, a factory reboot on mine because, like, it's, my son downloaded so much stuff on it, I don't even know what's wrong with it. It just doesn't work. <laughs> like, I have no clue what's wrong with it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. They're trying to collapse our whole system. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just that's just their attack on the financial system. Like that's, right. that doesn't even take into account like everything that they're doing to um, our actual legal system and our, uh, our 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 Republican system of democracy. Um, like, and I keep like. 
I'm so tired of like hearing people complain about, oh, you know, these small town people in the middle of the country, like controlling or like interfering with what the big town people want. That was the point of our system. They did not want mob rule. They did not want Congress passing laws every year. They wanted Congress fighting for everything. They had to generate a broad consensus to pass anything. That was the point. That was always the point. Our system was designed to fight it out. It had to be really important and had to have a ton of uh, um, support in order for you to get anything passed. And now they want to get rid of the filibuster because neither of them have a freaking majority in the House or the Senate. Right. Well, but the funny, th the funny thing is, uh, in the process, every time the Republicans do, the Republican senators do pass something, um, yeah, the Democrats, the Democrats filibuster it. So while they're decrying the filibuster, that's why, that's why they're talking about doing a one-time release of the filibuster and then packing the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. because they don't want the Republicans to have it because they're using it against the Republicans with Joe Biden in office. Well, the Republicans aren't even using it against the, the Supreme Court against anything. The Supreme Court is going by the Constitution like they said they would rule when they were fucking... Uh, uh, what do they call that? When they go through that process, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're trying to say, so I can't really help you with what you're trying when the, to say. When the justices are being confirmed. Right. Uh, during the, Yeah, their confirmation hearings. Yeah, their confirmation hearings. They, they said that they would... They, not, they didn't say that they wouldn't overturn Roe v. Wade, like everybody's saying that they said that they were going to. Yeah, and, well, I mean, it's, be, it's because the fundamental difference in, like, beliefs around... Uh, uh, what a judge is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, so literally, conservatives believe the judges should be following the letter of the law and the intent of the law. And you don't try and apply new meanings and new understanding to the law you understand as the law was written at the time. As it was written, right. Yeah. And that's why there is some degree of interpretation. Um, but Democrats believe that the legislature can amend the law and put their own opinions to it, which is what happened with, uh, with uh, Roe v. Wade in the first place, which is why it came up, they came up with such a bad decision when they originally decided it. Right. Um, but this idea that like something being on the books for 50 years, and that means it's precedent, it's settled, it was never settled. It was always mm -hmm. debated. That's why the Democrats were saying for 50 years, if the Republicans get the Supreme Court, it's going to go away. Not because Republicans are anti-rights, because it was bad case law. Just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg said. Yeah. So she was, she was an activist. The Democrats yep. are always activists. They're always legislating from the bench. All they can say is it's either by the law or it's not by the law. And here's the reason why that's how they're supposed to decide. If you're charged with a crime... Do you want your verdict based on the actual law and the actual evidence, or do you want your verdict based on the popular opinion? Well, it depends on what side of that you are on. 
No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're charged with murder, do you right. want your case decided by law? If you're innocent and you're you're being charged with murder, do you want it decided by law, or do you want it decided by the mob at the courthouse scre- screaming for your execution? Right. Like Silver I mean, not, the answer is obvious, but yeah. Unless you're a Democrat. Right. Well, and you think that Kyle Rittenhouse should be strung up and hung from a tree. Right. And that's and that's actually exactly the point. Like mm-hmm. the mob doesn't get to decide cases. It has to be decided according to law. Well, it's the same thing with the Supreme Court. And Roe v. Wade was always bad law. Yeah. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like we've kind of gotten off the topic of economic socialism. Yeah, it is a little bit. So anyway, so back back to the economic socialism. These freaking Democrats are just socialists and they're trying to tank the economy because the more help people need, the more money they can put into that, which means more money that they can take away from people that they have. So ultimately what happened during the communist revolution in Russia? They took all the rich people's property, divided it up. Like if you had a eight bedroom apartment, they give eight families a, a room. Everybody would share the common areas, but they just housed eight people and took it away from one. So, and then eventually when those people complain, they just killed them. Like when they, when the Bolsheviks originally took over the country and deposed the czars, they're like, oh no, you're fine. We'll protect you, whatever. Um, You just can't rule anymore. You weren't fair to the people. Then, you know, a couple months later, they just walk in the room and kill them all. And then Stalin did the same thing with his purges. Lenin did his thing with his purges. Mal, uh, Pol Pot, Mao, everyone. So they just want to get enough of the population besides them doing uh, to accept the lack of morality behind they want to do what they want to do, because then they're like, then later they're like, okay, well we got to do worse if you want to keep what you got. But sooner or later they got to take more and more from everybody to pay for it. Because nobody's actually producing anything. Less and less gets produced. Because sooner or later, people go, okay, I'm working myself to death. The guy next door doesn't work at all. He's getting the same thing I am. Why am I working so hard? And the person not working, he's the most fervent supporter because he's not having to do anything. And he's maintaining his lifestyle. Whereas you're disgruntled because you're having to work hard to get the same thing. So you become disgruntled and you're now an enemy of the state and they kill you. I just pulled up this thing from Yahoo Finance. It says 15 socialist countries that have succeeded. Hit me. <laughs> and it, goes, it says five socialist countries that have succeeded. So it starts out at 15. So in this article, we take a look at 15 socialist countries that had succeeded. You can skip our detailed analysis about state of socialism and go straight to the five, five okay, countries. So, so, that have so succeeded. skip it. Give me the countries. Okay, I'm, I'm looking. I, I thought this was hilarious. I was like, dude, yeah, I have never. I, I want the countries because I'm willing to bet the countries aren't socialist. Oh, I, I'm sure they're. I'm sure that you're. I'm 100 that you're right. But I'm gonna. Well, we're being fucking stupid right now. It's got to catch up to me. Okay, are you there? I had a call coming in. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, so what are the countries? 
not hit me. This will be where we'll wrap up. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> my computer's being fucking slow. Again. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to mark this one as uh, mature audiences. Normally, normally it's me letting off with the occasional F-bomb. Tonight, it's been you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good night. Okay, here we go. Come on. Moldova. Moldova is not a communist country. <laughs> the least significant on our list of 15 socialist countries that have succeeded is Moldova. Okay, go Moldova to their number one. Armenia, Croatia, Slovenia, Portugal, Spain, Belgium, Ireland, the Netherlands, China, Okay, none of the none of those countries are socialist. Even China wasn't successful until they became a mixed market economy. Okay, China but, was the Yeah, none of those countries are socialist. They have socialist programs, but not one of those is socialist. Okay, so click to the five socialist countries that have succeeded. Yeah, okay. and, and that list of countries, are you dying to live in any of them? Have you even heard of half of them? <laughs> yeah, no. So we got Iceland. Okay, Iceland is still a free market economy. They have they have a lot more social uh, programs. Uh, you're also talking about a population of what, like a million? Yeah. Anyways, next. <laughs> I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, I like Spain was on that list. Everybody forgets that them and Portugal both almost went bankrupt. Oh, yeah. They had, yeah, they had severe austerity measures and everybody was like rioting. And then when they had to uncap the gasoline, everybody was rioting over the price of gasoline. Because the government couldn't afford the subsidies on gasoline anymore. And my computer's got to catch up with itself again. Are you still with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Scroll faster, home. <laughs> it's my computer. Okay, so we'll, we'll, do, we'll just have there. What, the countries you listed. Well, I'm trying. Uh, hold on. Here we go. I got it. I got it pulled up on my phone. My phone is faster than my computer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moldova. Okay, well, I'm going to go to the five. Yeah. They're doing so well that uh, Russia has control of uh, a quarter of the country. Uh, okay, so Iceland. 
Iceland's the only successful country that, like, you've given me so far, and they're not socialists, not even close. Norway. Norway, again, says themselves they're not a socialist country. Yeah, they're a constitutional monarchy. Huh? Yeah, but, but in but, this article, they say that it's a constitutional monarchy. Yeah, with its which king is being the head of the state. Yeah, which is not socialist, and they have a free market economy. No, they have huge social programs that were paid for. Guess how? Evil oil and gas. <laughs> Finland. Oh yeah, and as they're getting all these um, refugees from Syria, they're paring back all of their. Uh, um, all of their social programs. They're all getting paired back. Why is it all Nordic countries? Because Denmark. Nordic co- Nordic companies have the most expansive social programs in the world. They also have the highest rates of depression, the highest number of their population on antidepressants. They have the highest rates of suicide. They have the lowest rates of home ownership and car ownership. Um because you can't afford it. Their tax rates are over 60%. And that's even though the majority of those social programs that they're touting to make them socialist countries aren't actually like paid for by a socialist system. They are paid for by sovereign They completely by their oil and gas leases in the North Sea. So, um, you, you know, the oil and gas is bad. So that's not a viable option for the U.S., right? So if we got to get rid of oil and gas, we can't fund some social programs using that. That doesn't work. Um, they are way more free market economy than us. You know what their, uh, their minimum wage is? Whatever you work out with your employer. If your employer says, I'm only willing to pay a dollar an hour for this job, you can take it or leave it. There is no minimum wage. You have to negotiate your own salary. This is all it says about Denmark and why it's uh, – Denmark is another Nordic country to have made it to the list of 15 socialist countries that have succeeded. Denmark is the implementer of the Nordic model. It has an innovation score of 57.50. It ranks 10th in global competitiveness and has a social progress score of 92.11. It is also one of the happiest countries in the world. No, it's not. <laughs> That's number two. Here's number one. Wait a minute. What? It went back to number five, four. Yeah, but three, I noticed it didn't say how two. it's a socialist country. Okay. No, it that's what I'm saying. This doesn't make any sense. So here here's number one. I, I bet you you could guess who number one is, who has said over and over. Even to Bernie Sanders, that they are not a socialist Sweden. country. Sweden. Who? Yep. Yeah, and Sweden. they're not. They are. They, no, are free like, market, they are a free market economy with disproportionate sovereign wealth fund to their population because they make a ton of uh, money on oil and gas because their production is like through the roof. So they were smart. They didn't need all that production to support their population. So they moved it on along, you know? So, I mean, that, that I don't have a problem with 
in a situation like that where your government has low costs, then pour your money into It's a constitutional monarchy, too. Like that. <laughs> so, yeah, none of those well, that's interesting. So, I think that's where we're going to wrap up here today. We had a nice little meandering uh, uh, conversation. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, literally, they're doing it on purpose. They're, if they want. countries that are their role models for socialism aren't actually socialist countries so since right. you listed those i will list actual socialist countries right now that are actually socialist venezuela china uh which is collapsing because they're artificial and, and their success is based They keep enough control that their people can't actually gain wealth. Um, Venezuela. I forget which one it is. It's a socialist country in Africa. Uh, their average median salary is something like uh, $500 a month. So that's the other thing. Even in even in the countries that uh, they tout as their models for socialism, um, yeah, these people live in a fifty square meter. So what is that like a hundred fifty square foot apartment? And they'll never own a house. They'll never own a car. Uh, they're not having kids because nobody can afford to have kids. So the only reason their population is growing, like, is from. Uh, immigrants and even the immigrants by the second generation stop having kids because they can't afford to have kids they also have some of the highest costs in the world um they have high median salary but 60 percent of is taken by the government so what looks like a hundred twenty thousand dollar a year salary is actually more like a fifty thousand dollar a year salary in a country where everything costs twice as much but hey at least you have free health care if you can get it, if there's enough doctors for them to give it to you. Right. So that's it. So, yeah, the socialism scam is a joke, but. Yeah, if socialism works, why would people. If socialism worked, why would people be fleeing these socialist countries to come to America? Yeah, in the history of the world, in the history of socialist countries, nobody has ever fled to go to socialist countries. Bernie Sanders was a hardcore socialist. He didn't move to, or he didn't go honeymoon in uh, Russia and stay. He went and honeymooned in Russia and then came back and bought five houses. Right. Under the capitalist system. He became Weird. a billionaire with capitalism while he tells everybody else that you need to be poor so we can have socialism so I can be richer. Right. <laughs> I think he has a little bit of a, a problem with his logic there. Yeah. Well, look at how old he is. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> so great show, great episode. Hope you get lots of listeners. Uh, if you are listening, make sure that you uh, reach out to us uh, in the comments. 
make sure that you rate us up so we can get some exposure tell your friends about us so we can get some advertising so i can stop working while we're doing the shows <laughs> and, so, and so we don't have to be in a rambling mood in the middle of the night because you know uh bradley's been working all day and just barely got home so yeah uh help us out soon we are going to be launching our website i'm going to have the entirety of october to work on it we're going to launch a website that's going to have some gear some great t-shirts uh hats mugs uh i'm working on putting all the stuff together so you guys can order it and we can ship it out directly to you uh